Are you going to wear the ribbon? No, never. But I'm wearing the ribbon. He's wearing the ribbon. We are all wearing the ribbon. So why aren't you going to wear the ribbon? This is America. I don't have to wear anything I don't want to wear. Stop yelling at me. You have fought valiantly. My God. Anyway. Oops. Eat your heart out. Please clap. No more comments. This is the Brian Suits Show. AM some something KTTH Brunson's here for your Wednesday morning. I don't how many slices of pizza did you have yesterday, producer Greg, during the State of the City address? I looked Zero. over and uh I had steak and mashed potatoes. Oh really? Oh yeah. Where'd oh, you have that? Oh yeah. Were you up in Kathy's office or something? No, so my wife is assisting her friend who's making a YouTube cooking series, and I stopped by and <laughs> I get to eat all the delicious food that they produce. Is she an influencer? She's not an influencer. Well. She's a world-renowned chef. You know, I got to tell you, I mean, you you find out everything's on YouTube when you just do Gordon Ramsay, that English guy that yells at you and abuses you and you do it voluntarily. I watched him cook the perfect steak on YouTube. He does great. They're, they're short. They're to the point. Yep. yep. And I he waves his hands around. Yeah, and yeah. I got to say, my my Jasmine Rice improved 9,300%. Oh, you can get, get good after at anything in this day and age. I watch a dude called Sam the Cooking Guy, and sometimes he's a little crass. I wish he wouldn't swear as much. But my culinary education is shot through the roof, and it's been so much fun. You just sit down on the sofa, watch five, ten minutes. Sometimes I'll have the video right next to me on my smartphone while I'm in the kitchen. And and for I'll, parenting, too? I'll, no, not on parenting. <laughs> you can get into trouble with that. But no, I'll pause it. You know, I'll put in the pepper, play it, pause it, play it, pause it. And I've made a couple of great meals for and my That's a great thing. You, don't, you miss nothing. You just rewind ten seconds. Exactly. No, it's a beautiful thing. Well, uh, don't worry. I did DVR uh, Mayor Harold state of the uh, city address uh, yesterday. I watched but parts of it. I'll, I'm more interested in what businesses are closing because nobody comes downtown anymore. Now, n- this I'll say. Don't live in Seattle. Work in Seattle. But when I'm up here and there's a thing and I feel so stupid that I want to pay you know, a higher King County or City of Seattle tax, I'll buy it. It's better than it was two years ago. Okay, I'll say that. But two years ago, there was a guy curled up outside the main doors here, <laughs> honking fentanyl off foil, all right? So there's the bar. Two years later, that's not happening. So so there, there we go. Not known to be speeches that have finite detail on proposals, but are rather high level. But it's like the upcoming State of the Union. You have to, you know, you don't... You just hit your own highlights and do a victory lap about all. That's what the State of the Union is, and that's what the state of the city is, and most people were unaware it was delivered yesterday. Seattle's mayor, though, did repeat a line that has frustrated businesses and residents alike. The current situation... What's that? It sucks here? <laughs> it sucks here for business? ...situation on the streets was on center stage at the Museum of History and Industry. The Mohai. Last year, overall crime fell 7%, major crime fell 6%, and property crime fell 10%. Seattle's mayor suggesting Seattle is, quote, persistent. And that's, that's, by the way, until you realize that a lot of people don't bother reporting property crime. 
in addressing public safety, although its chief has acknowledged crime data may be flawed. So they, they may not have been accurate for years. They might not have been accurate for years. The chief even said last week that those because it's so bad, people aren't reporting it. These numbers are likely not accurate. Your city council president, Sarah Nelson, a business owner. You know, I do have some questions about where those numbers come from. But Seattle Council President Sarah Nelson applauded the mayor for addressing the issue as a tentpole of a speech when downtown merchants are still... Okay, so anyway, it's a work in progress. And again, like I said yesterday, it's not Portland, all right? So uh, good, uh, good thing there. But does everybody... I don't know if it's an institution. It's really hard to beat jewelry for an intimate purchase because you got to hold it you got to look at it and it's a lot of money you, you don't buy jewelry on bezos on you, you you don't like, like where, where did the tomlins get their wedding rings uh the original jeweler in Belgium. and again you may say costco i've i've bought diamonds at costco before for the but you, but you got your peepers on them right you looked at them my peepers yeah you clap your peepers on them you don't you don't go on costco.com and go oh a diamond oh, excellent let's get that one that one's shiny you're out through I, my I, honestly I, I don't investigate thoroughly enough probably given that downtown now has a reputation amongst shoppers as unvisitable and that something like 70% of people that bothered to respond to a Channel 4 QR code poll, it, it's over 70% said, I don't know, I don't go. And what the question was to you, what do you come to downtown for? And like 70% were, I don't know, I don't go. Well, here's a Seattle institution. Try it. Tough to beat 112 years on this one. Does anyone remember the commercials with the guy with the big gray handlebar mustache and the top hat? Not top hat, but the derby hat and a cane. Foxes. Hmm. Fox's jewelry, huh? Uh, Fox's, Fox's jewelry, 112 years in downtown Seattle, closing. Fox's has been a Seattle gem since 1912. A gem, see what Man's family has owned it since 1948 when her grandfather acquired it. Her father took over in 1982 and passed it on to her in 2013. But that all ends this year. Okay, okay so the foot traffic craters during the COVIDs. And then it never comes back. Because why, why Why should it, right? It's always hard to be the one to decide that it's time. She says business has been down since COVID. And that's just a reality that we're facing. What I'm seeing now is so many smaller names. But I think there's another factor, because the, the COVIDs are over, and the only people wearing masks uh, downtown are the, the psycho government slaves that out themselves as being sheep and the whole thing. You can go into a jewelry store without a mask, but you might want to wear a mask because of the poop smell. Hoods in Seattle getting the foot traffic, which is great. So anyway, that, I- that's a greater indication of the state of the city than Bruce Harrell saying that property crime is down 10% or whatever. When we, when we know even the chief... And he could be bothered to, to roll over and and um, you know what I w- I almost made a really cheap, white comment. You but, would never. But I didn't. That's I did not. And so um, <clears throat> uh, even the chief admits the numbers are bad because they're so bad people aren't reporting them. And when when your car, and 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 I didn't lose a window to this. I left the car unlocked. Okay, so that I didn't lose a window. But when your car is broken into multiple times and you get an answering machine that says to call back for an incident number, call at you know, after nine, 
um, for your insurance and, and the whole thing until the insurance drops you because you keep parking in downtown Seattle. And they finally send you a message. You're stupid. Find a new insurance company. Is that bed of music feature a clarinet for this story? <laughs> you know what I want is a holiday for strings. It's holiday thank, for strings. Thank you for calling the Seattle Police Department for car break-in. Press one. Thank you for a disturbed vagrant exposing himself. Press three. I um. Uh, so so anyway, I mean, it's a, and you know. Is it Bruce Harrell's fault the disturbed vagrants are exposing themselves under, at the steps that go under I-5 back here? No, it's not, but it is his fault that they're there. I mean, it's his responsibility. But, I mean, uh, but I will say, grudgingly, radio talk show host admits uh, Mayor Seattle could be doing worse. Uh, and, 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 you know, and like I say, because I show my left and right limits uh, on, uh, on this one, could be Oregon, could be Portland. So uh, there's that. Uh, so was Tim, I didn't catch this. Was Tim Scott up there on stage with Trump? He was in the audience watching the town Did hall. Did he say, come on up, Chuck? Did no. he call him up? No, Trump pointed him out, though, when asked who some of his potential VP choices could be. Mm. Um, that's, we make that thing one? That's as close to uh, anointing as you're going to get. And this this is thing one in all to know is now. Thing. What qualities are you looking for in your vice presidential pick? Well, well looking for a male African-American, probably South Carolina resident. Or Always the first. That would be me. First quality has to be somebody that you think will be a good president, because if something should happen, you have to have somebody that's going to be a great president. A lot of people are talking about that gentleman right over there. That ain't Mike Pence. He's been, he's been so great. He's been such a great advocate. I, I have to say, I don't. This is in a very positive way. Tim Scott, he has been much better for me than he was for himself. I watched his campaign. Ironically true. And Tim Scott, of course, is a laugh line. He has to laugh at that. Oh, but, oh yeah, he did. But besides his announcement day, which was, I thought, peak Tim Scott. I've, you know, he was, he's not campaigning here. And you don't campaign when you're not, you don't spend money where you're not campaigning. Campaigning. No one's going to spend money in Washington because this is a done deal. This is blue. But you know what? I, I was uh, meeting a friend for lunch yesterday in such as the Olympia. And mm -hmm. there was, there was a crowd of people thinking they could affect Israel's decisions uh, in their 130 plus day war against Hamas. And you weren't convinced? And I was like, I, I don't think they can hear you from Olympia, but you go ahead. You're all... You're all wearing your kafias and you look very good. And I saw some pro-Israel demonstrators uh, in downtown Bellevue the other day and agree or disagree on the honk of approval as you're driving by. Disagree. Oh, right. So okay. Were they holding signs that said, you know, honk if you like Israel or what? Um, No, it just said. If they're holding signs, I would because I want to be that guy. I they want had Israeli to... flags and uh, what are they, kippas or something, and they were walking around, and I went, beep, beep, and I gave them the wave, and they waved back, and I thought, I've done my part. <laughs> I made them an altar, or chuppa. Um, so, so, um, As your people call them. Yeah, yeah. so, so uh, yeah, it was just a, I, I just, I, I mean, I, I don't, I got to say, I'm, I'm fortunate that my time is valuable enough to me that I don't take the time out to do a meaningless protest on the steps of the Washington State State Capitol. And I don't even know if Israel has a a consulate in Seattle. I don't. I sense they don't. They might have a dude. I think they have a dude. We learned that a couple months ago. But um, 
but uh, so anyway, meaningless gestures. Take a number over there in Olympia. Uh, thing two. Second thing. Well, we're learning a lot more about uh, the the mommy of the two barely teen, the thirteen and twelve year old uh, carjackers, armed carjackers from last week. That their mommy cares enough to be in their detention uh, hearing uh, yesterday. They can't show the kids' uh, identities, but they can show the back of mommy's head and uh, the words and the whole thing. And did she, I mean, you, if, as a parent, wouldn't you be shocked to find out that your 12-year-old possesses a gun? But what if you knew? Wait a minute. Mom has had him in the home. There's been no control. Um, he's been out of control. There's been multiple incidents where firearms are involved. Today, a probation counselor said this was not the first problem at the family's home, including multiple prior instances of guns and gangs. But today, the boy... I would sit up and take notice if my 12-year-old had prior instances of gun possession and gangs. Just you know, you know what? And I learned that on YouTube from Parenting Gun Possessors. That was it's a great channel. Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what what is the point of all the social interference that King County does, and separating it by race, by the way, because a because black juveniles have to have a black uh, interventionist specialist, and if you get multiple interactions with handguns at the age of twelve. Wild stab, road scholarship, not in your future. His mother said she could take care of them. I think we'll be fine to come home. I think he will be um, safe. I will keep him safe. So I think. Yeah, okay. Because you've done such a bang up job so far. And by the way, the judge has a great response. It's fine if he comes home today. Everybody talks about he's got a community support. I believe it. But that community was there when these incidents happened. If you missed it, she said everyone was talking about they have community support, but where was that community last week? <laughs> miss, miss their safe to come home. But that community was there when these incidents happened. Judge Veronica Galvin signed off on releasing the 12-year-old with electronic monitoring, but prosecutors said the older brother was the driver and may have been leading the younger brother along. I'll buy that. I'll, okay, I, I'm listening. I'm listening. And by the way, if you're the victim, if you're the owner of that Subaru in Wallingford, these kids popped off a couple rounds just to make the point or whatever. That's sorry, but I'm terrified. And you're no longer 12. When you use a handgun to carjack me and you pop off a round... You're not 12. Very serious threat to community safety. Take him out of custody. And guess what? The prosecutor is against letting him go. But you, you have to really, you have to go overboard to, well, I shouldn't say that. It's the other way around. You have to go overboard to keep the kids detained. Okay, the 13-year-old was the the mastermind of this crime. Um, and the 12-year-old, okay, I'll let him go, except what about his prior gun run-ins and the whole thing? And also, can I... Take the mother's word with a grain of salt about that they're, you're going to keep him safe. I think he will be um, safe. I will keep him safe. So I think it's fine if he comes home today. Okay, mom of the year. Well, so, and, and by the way, when the kids walked out of the house, she knew they had handguns. And she was civic-minded enough that she called Seattle PD 911 and said they had guns. She failed to mention that. Oh, yeah, by the way, they're they're my boys. They're my sons. I, I know their names and all that. So then uh, off they go, carjacking, and they jack the car. Woman's terrified. She calls it in. Uh, hours later, down here, South Lake, they rip down Aurora, uh, lucky not to kill people. Uh, then they jump out of the car with guns, lucky not to be killed themselves, and lucky to not be putting uh, Seattle on 
uh, in a national spotlight. And I just, you know, I, I'm just, I'm just saying, I would expect to be if I, you know, because here I am, uh, mom of the year. I'd expect to be maybe having a having a certain kind of meeting with the King County prosecutor. Be um, safe. I will keep them safe. They're gonna be super, super safe. And so. Do you think as we see... It's all fun and games till juvenile cougars attack your mountain bike. Well, exactly right. But as we see criminal offenders get younger and younger, and this has been a trend for quite some time now, do you think we're moving towards more familial accountability for these type of offenses? Because I mean, we saw this with in an extreme case of Jennifer Crumbly, uh, the Michigan gunman's mother who was found guilty of manslaughter. And yes, that's... Calm down, boy. Here's on, a handgun. On a side of the spectrum that's extreme. And But when you have a 12-year-old... I was surprised that that was, the first, that that was the first time it had been taken that criminally serious in the country. Well, right. I mean, and I know we're a hyper-individualistic society, and ancient cultures had more familial responsibility baked into the system. But maybe there needs to be a partial pendulum swing back to that. A little more rod, please, for these two before you... He carjacked my Subaru and stuff. Thing three. Third thing. Gangs of juvenile cougars are need to be assassinated by fish and wildlife guys dropped from helicopters. Wow. We need a helicopter uh, on location, and we need somebody with a gun to to kill the cougar. Okay. Uh, right now. And it ain't Mark Rippin. It's an actual cougar, as we learned on national news last night. To the index in news tonight of a harrowing cougar attack in Fall City, Washington. Harrowing. This is the Ryan Leaf variety. Yeah. I mean, please, first round. State just outside Seattle, the cougar attacking five cyclists riding on a trail. Six-year-old woman with serious injuries to her face, neck, and jaw. The cyclist calling 911 while others held down the cougar. We have a bicycle on top of the cougar that we are holding him down with, but he is fighting back. That woman, by the way, is expected to be okay. But man, I gotta say, he's expected to be okay. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be some facial reconstruction because they they don't mess around those cougs and my folks the anecdote is when i had a skiing accident and and ripped my knee open and i went i came down to sequami urgent care the attending uh, doc said it looked because she had seen them before Ow! she said it looked like a cougar took out my knee because it had multiple rips and and that's what they do so anyway i i don't envy that woman except except great story wouldn't that be if she makes a full recovery. Uh, yeah, and I want her to make a full recovery. I hope there's no evidence of it, but if there is evidence. So this one time a cougar attacks me. You know, that's why I want, like, just a light shark wound. Just a light one? Listen, I don't know if that exists. Just give me a quick nip and then be disgusted and off you go. Uh, thing for... Fourth thing. On this. Well, so um, this uh, this happened locally. It happened in Phoenix in uh, 2005, but the denouement, the the epilogue in uh, up up here in the Pacific Northwest, due to the help of of uh, DNA, DNA technology, and a sketch that you see right there led them to 51 year old Annie Anderson in an Arlington neighborhood. Carson and Jake Chapman went to that neighborhood, and he joins us live outside the Snohomish County Jail, where she's being held tonight. Well, what did Annie do in 2005? Annie's 51, so she's uh, what 32, 31 in 2005. Uh, she had a, apparently an unexpected pregnancy and abandoned the child in a garbage bin, and so they're going to export her. Uh, I mean, extradited or uh, to uh, Phoenix, um, and uh, no one in the neighborhood really had eyes on 
uh, wasn't a real personable uh, individual, which maybe you detected in 2005. When they arrived at the scene, they discovered a female newborn wrapped in newspapers and a white towel, stuffed in a plastic bag with red Marriott lettering, deceased. The one-day-old newborn was found inside a bathroom trash can at Sky Harbor Airport back in 2005. And for years, police had no leads, no suspects. But they say thanks to investigative genetic genealogy. But man, I got to say, as the cop that responded to that, you would really, really, really be reading the headlines every day to see that that person was, was found. Well, that person was found in Arlington. And uh, there, there you go. All right. So, um, <clears throat> final thing: Do we go with Pentagon? We're not at war with Iran, or don't own a a Gila monster. Eeny, meeny, miny, mo. <laughs> Gila, Gila monster it is. Fifth thing: uh, Some new details tonight on the man in Lakewood who died after being bitten by his pet Gila monster. It is a venomous lizard that is illegal to own in the city of Lakewood. Tonight, we're learning more from experts on how this could have happened. Fox 31's Courtney Fromm joining us. He broke the law? Apparently, he had two of them. Plus, he had a bunch of venomous spiders, which I don't know if you can own those or not. It's just stupid and creepy. Um, and the whole thing. And look at that. We have time for uh, thing six. Do it. Um, Nikki Haley still running for president. Some of you, perhaps a few of you in the media, came here today to see if I'm dropping out of the race. Well, I'm not. And she duped the worldwide media into coming to what turned out to be a, a campaign speech. And she talked about stuff and Donald Trump. But anyway, it's all it's all over for her on Saturday because she's about to lose her home state by a lot. You don't think she can overcome 25-point deficit? <laughs> I, I don't know. Let's, let's check in with uh, let's check in with uh, Fall City. We need a helicopter uh, on location, and we need somebody with a gun to, to kill the cougar. By cougar, she means Nikki Haley's uh, primary campaign. Uh, but they're, she's making people are still uh, contributing money, which is why she's in the campaign. And bad news for the Trump campaign, by the way. Um, 200,000 fewer donors here in the new year than the previous presidential campaign. So fewer people are donating to Trump uh, and, uh, uh, and stuff. Back in a second, AM 770 KTTH. Kansas City mass shooting sure has fallen off the radar. I wonder why. AM 770 KTTH, uh, Brian Suits here. And uh, Tenille, T-E-N-E-A-L. I know. I, I, that's my shot. Tenille Burnside is the mother of one of the accused Kansas City Super Bowl parade shooters uh, who admitted under questioning that he was stupid and that he started the shooting. And then the other guy said he was stupid because he returned the fire. But anyway, she set up a GoFundMe for him, uh, saying he needed help through a tragic time. He's in the ICU fighting for a recovery from several surgeries from going to the Chiefs Super Bowl celebration with his older sister. 
The now d- deleted fundraiser said, uh, uh, said so even GoFundMe has some limits. But uh, anyway, uh, he was charged yesterday with uh, second-degree murder, two counts of armed criminal action, and unlawful use of a weapon. Uh, and the other guys are going to be charged as well. And the ones that were photographed in detention, by being detained at the scene, turn out to be the ones that were doing it. So there's there's that. And uh, off it goes. Uh, off the uh, front page and the whole thing. So uh, Biden is in your California getting money, getting checks. Yesterday, he 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 shuffled off to a fundraiser that started at 3000 bucks, and that was like you can see him. And then to the co-chair level, that was uh, 250000 And they, were, they sold out, of course, and because it's the entertainment industry. Um, and then <clears throat> and so I don't get too spun up anymore on him shuffling up the stairs because he now wears the lighter like Cole Hahn, you know, don't don't trip as much uh, shoes. And I don't know that, if that was ever the problem. Does he have hokas now? Apparently, yeah. But he <laughs> was wearing them yesterday. I watch real closely. He stumbles up the stairs, and now he's using the food service, you know, that lower stair level. Then he takes the elevator up to the main uh, floor of, of Air Force One. The, the issue was not grip, because I, I heard uh, someone say, oh, they should put, like, grip tape on those stairs. That's not the issue. The issue is that his foot can't clear the next step. He's kicking the step. And then really quickly recovering and, blah, you know, and, and, and getting up there. So that's why he looks like that going up the stairs. Uh, I mean, they're, they're just flat out not, not clearing the stairs. Okay, so I'm going to read you a quote, and I'll ask you if you have a wild step who said a quote. <clears throat> this, is, this is on climate change. That might be a clue. Quote, we understand that we recognize our own inadequacies. There's a, humili- there's a humility here and grace as it relates to the world we're living in and a need to understand, not just to be understood, in relationships to these partnerships. Close quote. Well, uh, uh, and I'll narrow it down. Probably a Democrat. Hitler. Uh, you know what? Here's the thing. I was looking practically. Um, I, Hitler didn't have hair this good. I was looking for that. Hard to hear quote. Okay, so Biden is at the heli- helicopter rope line, and some guy yells, is Newsom plan B? What What's Newsom hanging around for? And I don't know if, if Biden even heard the question, but he came back and he said so, a bizarre answer about, I'm looking at you. And he said, no, he's not plan B or something. But then he said, I'm looking at you to the guy that asked the question. Um, and so, so people are asking the question, why, why is the hairdo McGun grab so, uh, so visible? You know, he's the logical plan B, not, not Kamala. So he really did the, the quote I read you is a verbatim quote. Do you want to hear it in real time coming out of his pretty, pretty mouth? Of course. We have agency. We can shape the future. Future is not just something to experience, it's something to manifest. It's our decisions, not conditions, that will determine the fate and future of this planet as it relates to the issue of climate. And- Dear God, what a flashback. This is, I mean, if you don't want to hear this for four years, you know what to do. And I couldn't be more proud in the tradition that is this office going back decades and decades and decades to take that baton to continue to advance these partnerships globally because we understand that we are, you know, we recognize our own inadequacies. There's a humility here and grace. 
as it relates to the world we're living in and a need to understand, not just to be understood in relationships to these partnerships. Believe it or not, he's off teleprompter. Have you ever heard so much word yogurt? It sounds Kamala-esque. I know, and that's the thing, that this oxygen thief comes from the same political environment that gave us Kamala. If you just wave your hands around and nod, in her case, she nods like this. She nod, right? And then psychologically, that makes you match, you know, because you agree. That's why you're there, so you nod too. Well, yeah, it makes sense. We have the ability to see what can be unburdened by what has been and then to make the possible actually happen. It's not just to be understood in relationship to these partnerships. And, and so uh, there's and a need to understand, not just to be understood in relationships to these partnerships. Is that just filling time with uh, with your 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 chunky granola filled word yogurt? Cross departmental expectations of coordination. It's, it's got to be something in the water when they all get together uh, and meet. Well, there's the if you have ever heard the term gaggle, that's the thing that they do on Air Force One in flight, and um, uh, and they did that uh, yesterday in in relationship to well, okay, what's the deal with um, how 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 do you support a, a ceasefire and not be anti seen as anti-Semitic? Oh, I've got it here. Here we go. Hey, this is really weird. <laughs> can barely hear the guy, but he says, going on to California, is Gavin Newsom your plan B? And Newsom's going to say, I'm looking at you, buddy. Are you ready? Yes, sir. Well, I'm looking for I'm looking at you. We're looking at you. Hey. And then he goes off and says something about, again, robots are stealing his luggage or, or whatever. But... It's but don't worry. There's no cognitive decline. Just stop that talk right now. Corn pop was a bad dude. Um, yeah, and just and because and again today they, tr you know, instead of him being ready for us when the mics are there or whatever, they had people lined up swearing that you know behind closed doors, uh, he, you know, he's the sharpest guy in the room, um, and and the whole thing is like <laughs> they just the cameras are never on. Uh, and so now they're bringing up, and 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 I got to say this: this is when you're desperate, when you're bringing up student loan forgiveness, which the court intervened and said you can't really do that. Okay, you're 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 not the uh, the the loan administrator in chief. You you can't. The president can't wave a wand and make your student loan go away. You might have to get a job and pay them back, or you might want to listen to this one. The Army Reserve will pay one-fifth of your outstanding student loan debt per year that you're in the Army Reserve. That includes new loans that you're incurring. You're in medical school or whatever. But that would that would require you to maybe not live in a gated community of, at the age of 25 or something and maybe serve your country. But don't, don't believe me about what the president can and can't do. I have this shaky woman from San Francisco and her teeth rattling uh, to back me up on this. People think that the president of the United States, is this more on the subject than you ever want to know? Will you let me know? People think that the president of the United States has the power for debt forgiveness. He does not. He can postpone. He can delay. Burr? But he does not have that power. That, would, that has to be 
an act of Congress. Uh, so anyway, People think I that hope the, some are, you can find this at uh, the Twitter feed RNC Research. So if you need it in your records, that's where it is uh, right now. Or you can go to at Dark Secret Place because I just re we reposted it um, on, on stuff. So that's, that's what's going to happen today. There's going to be another fundraiser here in a couple hours. Uh, no press availability according to the schedule, but Corrine Jean-Pierre, uh, with her own word salad, only this one at, at 30,000 feet uh, yesterday, saying, we're, we're not anti-Semitic. Uh, we love Israel. We're, we stand with the people of Israel, but um, don't be over the top or something like that. I, I didn't quite get it, but uh, we'll have more on that when we come back. Um, and so, yeah, there was a uh, U.N. vote and the United States vetoed it. And China says, hey, that's not what nice countries do, as if they'd know. Back in a second, AM 770 KTTH. Somebody KTTH Brian suits here, and okay. So if they're running around making noise, is it appropriate to duct tape your kids' legs and starve them at that time? I want to say no. Where did you learn such uh, such parenting tips? That was just instinct. Oh, really? But I mean, they just keep running around. There's no point to it. They're just running around like playing tag. So can I duct tape one leg well, and starve them? Case. And they have all that energy. If only there was a place where I could go and learn all about uh, YouTube parenting uh, and, and, and stuff like that. I mean, who's going to fill this void? The now infamous mom influencer and YouTube star Ruby Frankie tearful in court as she faced her sentencing. And she, she was identified as a momfluencer. Don't stop making up names. Right to jail. Mom fluencers. So anyway, if you were wondering where do, where did where did uh, Greg get that uh, that amazing moral compass about not duct taping your legs your kids legs together and starving them, well, uh, you could be ready to fill that void. For more morality tips, follow me on YouTube. Yeah, I wonder if they'll let her <laughs> vlog uh, in prison. So disoriented. <laughs> That I believed dark was light and right was wrong. The judge handing down a sentence that could last 30 years for several counts of child abuse. The sentence will be that Ms. Frankie served four counts for one to 15 year sentences based on her convictions for four counts. And we don't know if they're concurrent or consecutive or whatever. Well, uh, I know I'm soft selling the whole duct tape the kids legs together. And, and and emaciate them, but here's what the 911 caller sounded like. And just imagine this. 911, the address of your emergency. Tell me exactly what's happened. I just had a 12-year-old boy show up here at my front door asking for help. We know there's been problems at this neighbor's house. He's emaciated. He's got tape around his legs. He's hungry and he's thirsty. And he asked us to call the police. 
So that's bad. In your whole, uh, if you're, if that goes above your bar of bad parenting, you're you're correct on on that one. And that that happened in August of last year, and I do remember it as sort of a in an ironic twist. A, a active mom parenting blogger has been arrested for child abuse, and I I I didn't I just heard physical abuse, but I didn't hear all the details uh, about it. And that this was part of her shtick. The the be hard on your kids, um, you know, if they don't and, and all the little clips that they had, because the, th- the entire thing has been scrubbed now. I think she had six million uh, followers, something like that. But but it was like uh, they don't get breakfast till they finish their chores. And, uh, you know, OK, I, I get that. Or, you know, they don't get video games till after their homework. I mean, that's basic. You don't you don't you don't need YouTube for that one. But uh, if you're a bad kid, I duct tape your legs together and starve you. That that never made it onto her vlog. She was so worshipful of her celebrity. That was part of the thing. Once she cracked one million followers, it it all went to hell. She and her business advisor moved to their new luxurious southwestern pad in Utah well, that kind of thing and that kind of number goes to your head and you start <clears throat> thinking, oh, wow, I'm above it all. I must really know a thing or two. Have I, if I ever admitted, is there a statute of limitations? on? Have I, have I ever talked about my spanking adventure with the kid? I got to hear about it. Okay. That's frowned upon these days. Uh, this is know. absolutely out of my dad's, this is an arrow in my dad's quiver. And it worked. That's why, why without laying a hand, in, you know, in all honesty, this, this one time up in Abbotsford, I ran under the rope line at a taxiing De Havilland Mosquito and to tap the, uh, the tail and then run back. Mm-hmm. And my dad was so mad, he, my uncle had to take over. <laughs> and my dad was like, take him. And my uncle gave me a big paddling. But the, the one time that... Uh, my daughter, when she was like six, the only time, because hey, folks, there's a reason that you're inclined to spank your kids, because there's times when that message is crystal clear and it's timely, right? And the timely thing with puppies or four-year-olds, the more timely, the better, okay? But this one time, I was really mad. I was really, really mad. And I didn't want her to see me that mad and then equate it with a spanking. And And I told her, at this time tomorrow, before you have lunch, you come to me and remind me that I have to spank you. And sure enough, the next day she came and reminded me, and she was bawling. And and she said, "You told me yesterday to come tell you before I had lunch to that that I needed a spanking." And I said, "That's the lesson." And so I never did. So my dad did that to me once, but uh, but yeah, so that's. That's my little, and that, by the way, that doesn't go on my parenting blog. So what, the punishment was the rumination was of thinking the about it for 24 hours. And then what's she going to say the next day? And what what if I, because I didn't say anything. I was trying to see, will she be honest? And that was the lesson, and she was. Um, and I mean, you know, I, I'm not saying a five-year-old can tell time. She said she knew that I told her really clearly before your lunch tomorrow, you're going to need a pillow to sit, you know, and all that. And that was it. And so is that worse than the actual paddle on the butt? Because there was never, there was no physical. I, there was never a paddle. That was the lesson was don't do that again or you're going to spend 24 hours thinking about 
the paddling you're going to get. It's the threat of the violence. <laughs> Without the actual follow through. Yeah, is there something uh is there something devious about that? I don't know. These days it seems like parenting philosophy changes <clears throat> every 5 to 10 years. I come from the love and logic school, which is you make the consequences closely tied to the natural effects of the bad behavior. So your kid uh, doesn't remember a coat, and you don't go get it for them. You just allow them to be cold yeah, that go day, back, so they get learn out of the car, get back upstairs. Or yeah. if your 13-year-old doesn't get dressed in time for school and they have pajama pants on, the natural consequence is you're wearing pajama pants to school today. So, yeah, all the kids <laughs> you are. You suffer those effects. Dad, duh. Yeah, um, yeah. That's why, by the way, I will attribute it to Lou Holtz, who I didn't really love very much as a coach and all that, but as an ESPN guy, he... He, he wrote several books about parenting, and one time he said something. The only thing I've ever committed to memory about parenting and, and corporal punishment is this. Your kids le- need your love the most when they deserve it the least. When, when you're angriest at them because they ran out and hit a classic warbird at an air show. <laughs> you, Who hasn't gone through that? Yeah, come on. Um you know, I, I look back and then I realized I really deserved to be launched into the propeller or something. Yeah, I had to learn that lesson. But my dad didn't didn't touch me. He didn't want me to know how mad he was because that was like that's his business. That was my business. And so, yeah, your kids deserve your love the most when they need it. Or that would need your love the most when they deserve it the least. Um, uh, I just remember that my mom would try so get to right. execute discipline on us, and we would get spankings in our bunks beds. But my brother and I would laugh because it would not hurt at all. We we understood my mom could not hurt us. My mom, but she would get furious. But then we knew Dad was going to come home shortly, and then he'd be the enforcer. Yeah, the my screen. my mom, Dot McLeod, Dorothy McLeod, came from the Scottish school, um, provincial tennis champ up in Canada. Treated her right hand like a racket and her bottoms like like a slazenger tennis ball. Six younger brothers growing up. Yeah, she could get physical. Oh wow! Yeah, and if she got her hands on us, and we we deserved it. Believe me. And uh, and I look back and I realize not a bit of it was was abuse. I mean, and it it obviously was before MS, but suddenly with the MS, she couldn't catch us as, as easily as it turns out. But still, not good. Uh, well, anyway, that, that got dark. Uh, back in a second, our final hour, we'll check our local news. Uh, the Navalny comparison by Trump last night, a little awkward. Uh, Biden's brother is in front of Congress uh, right now. Um, we haven't talked about it, but the Russian intelligence has discovered you control the U.S. Congress by just simply sending someone to the FBI saying, I have dirt on Joe Biden. Uh, and more stuff, the state of the city of 2023, uh, and more uh, here on uh, Brian Suit Show with producer Greg Amson, 70 KTTH.